Well, hello, folks. And, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm Clayton. I'm Ty. And we love the Nats. We love the Nats. (laughs) Oh, God. Just like you at home. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. It's a sad thing. It's a sad day. It's a sad experience, folks. The death. Rest in peace. To the USMNT's World Cup hopes. It's all over. It is over. It is all over. The US has lost to the Netherlands. I'm tearing up just even queuing up this pod here. It's over. We're going to get into all of it. Um, as always, we need to shout out, or as, as we've been doing... The OKU Go Foundation. Please go to wtppod.com forward slash fundraiser to have your gift uh, doubled by Ty's company and support the work that they are doing. Uh, Amobi Okugo, friend of the show. Uh, Thank you so much for the work that you're doing with um, providing, you know, anti the opposite of pay to play, fixing the pay to pay problem as well as other. education, after-school education opportunities, uh, WTP pod forward slash fundraiser to have your donation doubled. Ty, um, you, uh, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. (laughs) It's gotta go sometime. It has been difficult. Until we pod about the game, it kind of feels like it didn't happen. I know, and it's you know. time, and and it has been difficult to emotionally to sit down and record this pod. I have to say to everyone who is listening to this, <sighs> the shit is real over here, y'all. The shit is real. It does not feel good. This is not the according to plan, but here we are uh, in the round of uh, exiting in the round of sixteen, and there's only one way to get it started, but to line them up, and of course. All the gloves, nice. always yours, to your baby blues, enter the Turnerverse, Maddie Two Hands, Turner. In the center midfield pairing, we are going to have Walker Zimmerman and Timothy Ream. Fantastic. On the we, left. We never gave this duo a nickname. We gotta work on that. Zimmerim. <laughs> Zimmerim. <laughs> the Zimmerman. Reamer man. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I like Reamer Man. Reamer, let's that's go great. with Reamer Man. Yeah. Oh, Reamer Man. On oh, the left, we, we hardly have, knew you. We hardly knew you. On the left, we have Anthony Jedi Robinson. And on the right, we have Netherlands' own Sergio Dest in the midfield. Destino. Sergio oh, Destino in the midfield. We have the founding father, the father of all founding fathers, Tyler Adams. We have Eunice know him. Eunice love him. The entire UN, Eunice Musa. And then, of course, the West is yet to come. Manifest Westiny Weston. McKenney fulfilling the MMA midfield. And up front, we are going to have future potentate, leader of all free nations, Timothy Weah. We are also going to have, uh, surprise, surprise, deb- World Cup debutante, Jesus Ferreira sliding on just in. What, in just nine. what the team needed. Just what the team needed. <laughs> the injured Joshy Sarge. And on the left, your porcelain prince, balls stitched up by science. <laughs> Christian Pulisic is back with us to play some soccer. <clears throat> He's half robot, but all man. <laughs> no less man uh, is he. <laughs> uh, Christian, happy, angry during the anthems. Pooley then set the stage by pressing the keeper and causing a turnover on the first play in the second minute. Just the second minute, or maybe perhaps the third and the half. The ball pops out to the left in the box off of a desk cross, and Polisic is held on sides. Think by Daily Blind and just doesn't get enough purchase on this gift. Oh, oh, the Turnerverse mm. that would have occurred had this goal gone in, but alas, it, went it was in not in to the be. But it goes yeah, in in the Turnerverse. Not in our universe, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we have diverged from the the Turnerverse. <laughs> in the third minute, uh, WTP highlights Sergio Dust attempting to climb every Van Dyke. A nice attempt, but both hands, both shoulders. Uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants, does Serginho Dest. Ninth minute. Memphis Depay gives us a warning shot, dribbling uh, in off the left. And then immediately after that, the Netherlands has their first decent string of possession in the midfield. Ending with Memphis Depay alone in the box. Goal 1-0. This came from Dumfries on the right with the assist. Oh, pardon me. With the assist, remember that name. Uh, Ty's Ty's daughter affectionately Garbage fries. naming him Dumb Fries, which is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. it runs in the genes, y'all. The, it runs in the genes. <laughs> big naming soccer player. <laughs> Dumb Fries. Fantastic. <laughs> 15th minute. We're down one nothing, y'all. 15 minute. I have it. basically the U.S. started strong, but... That goal was a real gut punch, and the game has slowed down significantly. In the 22nd minute, U.S. not getting a couple calls in a row and offsides that went off a defender, actually, and Pooley dribbling and getting blocked. 26th minute, a uh, very scary Turner feet moment. 27th, Depay plays the ball through Zimmerman's legs, but Zimmerman manages to uh, shepherd that one out. In the 29th, Eunice looking super tired, and Ferreira pays, plays the first of many terrible back passes. A uh, few... About 10 minutes later, he had racked up a third and a fourth bad touch. 
In the 42nd minute, Weston has come alive. That's nice to see with a few runs. One leading to a shot, forcing a save, working well with Dest here. 44th minute, Dest dribbling to a great opportunity that turns to a counter with Gagpo on Tim Ream, which is not a site you ever want to say, and a series of syllables that sounds dirtier than it is. <laughs> Matt Turner just said, Gagpo on Ream. <laughs> Matt... Gagpo on Ream. That... <laughs> That's illegal in Alabama. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I wouldn't oh, even, boy. I don't want to know what that is, what that act is. Turner just wouldn't come out don't, on this one. click Why on not? that tab. And then yeah. in the 46th minute, just as we were uh, trying to get to halftime... <laughs> Another Dumfries low cross leads to almost the same exact goal, but this time for ah! Daily Blint. Good God almighty. We are now down 2-0 to what felt like two gut, absolute gut punches. The U.S. has officially been knocked down a peg. And then coming out of halftime, we saw something that I just don't think I truly believed I would ever see. And uh, that is... Gio Reyna coming in for Jesus Ferreira and a front three of Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, and Tim and Tim Weah. And folks, the emotions that I felt in that moment, see, re realizing that I had given up on ever seeing this front three, and that it was about to happen in the moment that we needed it most in the World Cup against Netherlands, the feelings I felt, the optimism streaming through my blood veins as opposed to my other veins. In the 49th minute, the U.S. had come out strong on this corner to McKenney ends with Tim Ream taking like three touches mm. as a shot, but can't quite get mm. it to go in. One yard from goal. One three yard shots from in goal. A row. Three shots. <laughs> da -da -da. <laughs> da -da -da -da. Couldn't get that one to go in. 50th minute cross in. Turner gets a save on a Zimmerman own goal shot. Um, own goal shot on goal. And then Desk clears that off the line. We had a death shot that went out for a throw-in. Never what you want. Never what you want. But the U.S. mounting some pressure in the 51st. McKenney, an incredible back pass through three people to Pulisic. But Pulisic's shot is just not strong enough. And in the 53rd, another counter from the Musa win. Geo on the run. Plays to Weston. Oh, who fires the shot over. In the 58th, Pulisic draws a foul. <laughs> In the 58th, Pulisic draws a foul, beating Van Dyke. In the 59th, Pulisic draws another foul. In the 60th, Netherland gets a rare counter, resulting in Memphis to pie shot that Turner saves in the recycle. And then, the, and uh, then there was a recycle off a corner that led to a, a very scary Turner moment. But still nothing, still two nothing. And in the 62nd, another uh, counter led to a penalty shot for the Netherlands on Jedi, but nothing there really. It's become a bit of a track meet. Anthony Robinson showing signs of injury. And then that was the end of the front three, the dream front three, because Haji Wright and Brendan Aronson would come in for Tim Weah and Weston McKenney. In the 70th, Turner gets a double save. And then again, Turner coming out on the slide in on the striker and does a quick double hand pass off. It's sort of a chest pass to launch a counter. Rabo's still playing through the pain. Gio beating Van Dyke on the dribble. Tries a little... Robin style strike, speaking of great Dutch players, but is pushed off balance in the 74th. Netherland gives us a gift with a trash back pass that Haji Wright takes too heavy of a touch on and can't capitalize. And then Des came, uh, came out for Yedlin in the 76th, y'all. Haji Wright gets an early cross from Polisic and 
does what I can only describe as a MLS Golasso. This was either the greatest goal you've ever seen in your life or uh, a complete accident. Enter the Hajiverse. Enter the Hajiverse. <laughs> how... F- <laughs> How funny this would be if in a in a better context, this Haji Wright goal. Hilarious. Uh, crazy arcing touch that somehow goes in. Ty and I are losing our minds, as I'm sure you are at home. It's 2-1. We are in this game. Haji had another chance. But the keeper, keeper came out so quick. Turner saves a Bergwijn attempt. We're back and forth. And then in the 80th daily cross to a wide open, you know him, you love him, dumb fries. And Netherlands shuts the door. 3-1 in the 85th. Pulisic takes a, a good corner. Uh, I only mention this because Walker Zimmerman attempted a bicycle kick, which is which is fantastic. <laughs> Circumstances like these. And in the 90, 91st, Morris in for... Anthony Jedi, and at that same time, the Dutch sent out some very big, big boys. That's all I can say. Reina creating many chances before full time, and it's over. The U.S. is going home. I have to mention a few heartwarming moments on the field as this one wrapped up. Wea crying and hugging Greg. And we got to see Wea, Yedlin, and Sean Johnson staying staying on the field barefooted. McKenny and Gio in the stands with Kellen Acosta and their families. Jenny Taft consoling Matt Turner after an interview getting caught on the Fox broadcast by accident. And finally, Pulisic looking into the camera and apologizing to the fans at home, saying we did our best, but it wasn't enough. Ty, the U.S. is out of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. What are your first impressions? In the group stage, this USMNT showed that it could compete with anybody in the world, that it has world-class talent, that it's an up-and-coming powerhouse. In this knockout stage game, the team showed that this time around, it was built for a sprint and not for a marathon. And if you want to go deep in a tournament like this, you have to be able to sustain that level game after game for uh, a long month. The U.S. was, in many ways, the better team. Had more possession, more touches, more passing. Had plenty of opportunities to score and ultimately gave up goals that were preventable and that were down to individual uh, lapses in concentration or simple missed assignments. So this feels okay, because when we look at the long arc of progress for this national team and we compare to where U.S. national teams have been in the past, this is one of the better World Cups that we have ever seen. And this is one of the most talented teams that we have ever seen. And what's more, they're just getting started. The only thing that mars this performance in the World Cup for me is the coaching. And I will always wonder what could have happened if Greg Berhalter just made standard down the middle substitutions, personnel choices, and didn't overcomplicate things, and wasn't subject to whatever weird biases and gregginesses he is. And we will never know that. And that's painful to me. 
because like you mentioned, we only got to see Weya, Reyna, and Polisic in a front three for 15 minutes in this tournament. And that's a damn, damn shame. But coming out of this World Cup, I am happy and I am satisfied because I saw what I needed to continue to have the strong, robust faith that I have that this team of young men and this program are someday going to be world champions. Oh, you believe that? Well, I don't know if any of these individual young men, but I think they'll be involved. <laughs> yeah, Tyler Adams will coach the team. To, yeah, you know, <laughs> Tim Weah will fly in in the, the UN potentate helicopter. 95 yes. years old, Tim Weah. It's incredible. Tim Weah is going to, whatever replaces FIFA, will, Tim Weah will uh, have something to do with that, uh, that organization. Um, this was a, in many ways, exactly on par result, wouldn't you say? We, uh, we tied a couple games. We won a game against an opponent we should have beat, and then we lost to a respectable Netherlands in the round of 16. This is the over-under. Yeah, we pushed the over-under, basically. Uh, going into the tournament, anyone would have said, I think, that getting out of the group would constitute success. It's a tough group. And that in the round of 16, you play some of the best teams in the world. And, you know, the U.S., is somewhere between the 8th and 16th best team in the world. So it's fitting that we would go out at this stage. It is, um, It matches where we're at right now. And there's nothing wrong with that, because like I said, we're not looking at the culmination of this generation. We're looking at a preview of what this team is going to become. So if you look at you know, this team versus some of the, the veteran teams at this World Cup and think about how they would have done when they were in their early 20s, I think this is very, very respectable. And I'm just super proud of these young men. They they stepped up at the perfect time. They weren't in form. There were many, many questions, but they showed up and they showed the world what American soccer is all about and created a mouth-watering preview for the 2026 World Cup where we'll be at home, many of these players in their prime. It's an exciting time. Uh, Ty, this game versus the Netherlands felt like we just got outfoxed. Uh, we got Louis Van Hald. Wasn't there a quote that he said after the game, like, we came out with a plan and they didn't adjust? Yeah, and I don't know if I fully agree with uh, King Louis' take there, because I felt that each of the goals was very preventable, and I didn't think that the U.S. was, like, tactically outmaneuvered. In any way, um, yeah, yeah. Adams and Dest and McKenney, yeah. Adams was very clearly at fault for the first goal, not tracking the run, the late run from uh, Depay, and kind of jogging behind Depay. Which I, I, I know Adams recognizes that run. I know Adams had been tracking that run from various players that we were up against this entire tournament. So I don't think it's like a mental mistake. It's just he can only do it so much. You know, he was playing two positions. 90 minutes, three games in a row. Ultimately, they played four games in 12 days. So, you know, to expect him to be able to maintain 100% concentration and get to everything is, is not realistic. So at some point that was going to happen. And then Dest 
didn't track the run from uh, Blend or was behind the run from Blend. And if you're Sergio Dest, you got to be able to keep up with a you know seventy two year old seventy six year old Uncle Daly. It's amazing yeah. that we only yeah. got one Creepy of those. Uncle Daly. <laughs> it's amazing that we only got one of those from moments from Dest. That yeah, yeah, pretty absolutely. clean tournament yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I I didn't feel like the Dutch tactical plan necessarily was you know, incredible. It's just the U.S. couldn't retain that same level of sheer focus and uh, and determination for every single play that they had to have in all of those group stage games. Yeah, and I think across the round of 16, we're starting to see the, uh, the, the supreme rulers stomp out insurgents uh, around the world. Yeah, it's very chalky so far. As we record, it's uh, England, France, Netherlands, Argentina. So pretty kind of a bummer after we had all the chaos in the first round. I'm hoping there's there's a couple more uh, upsets to come. Um, but one thing that I noticed in this match, I've noticed in in uh, round of 16 matches in the past, which is a lack of intensity in the atmosphere, which I believe comes from the fact that if you're a, a hardcore fan, you're either going to go to the group and you know plan to watch all the group matches and then go home or you might show up to the tournament if your team makes a quarterfinal or makes a semifinal to see if they can make a run but there's not a lot of people who you know the US gets out of the group and they're on the plane to Qatar for the round of 16 game you know so the the stadium felt pretty flat and i felt like that combined with the general, you know, legginess of the U.S. team coming out of that really intense group stage probably led to this drop off in intensity and, and focus that uh, created the, the problems that we saw, along with just the general expectation that, well, we, we did our job, we got out of the group, it's successful. You know, I think the team, the team in that Iran game, they showed that when the, the, the threat of, of a horrible loss is a great motivator you know and there there was no no such threat in this game there's no no uh no dishonor in losing to the dutch here so it it felt like that took some edge off the u.s team's performance it's nice to know that we are the best performers out of Concacaf in this here tournament i I'm yeah that. yeah and yeah, usually I, I root for Mexico, but I did enjoy watching them go out on goal difference <laughs> in heartbreaking fashion. Totally happy with that. <laughs> that was great. And, um, um, you know, the this team just never quite had that biting edge. And I think when we look back on this, we'll see a, quali- a round of qualification where we were not um, head and shoulders above the rest of CONCACAF and... And that we came in here, and I think we did show up uh, better than Canada and Mexico, ultimately, um, but only just. And I think the difference between where our region is at and where Europe and, and South America is at is that second, that second goal uh, in your, for the, you know, on your lead against Wales. Or um, Pulisic yes, putting, you know, yes, putting that yes. away, putting that chance in the, fir- in the third minute against Netherlands, like just slotting that away cold. Um, that's the difference, right? And and we learned that. We saw that. I think it was clear. I hope it was clear to the new fan, but it see it looked clear. It felt clear to me that the U.S. was on par with the Netherlands talent wise. That 
you know, we we have players just like them uh, that are that are cool in their own way and really good in different ways and, um, you know, comparable. But that the 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 difference between our two teams was uh, that that final bite, that bit of venom. Yeah, I think the Dutch team was clinical and professional. Uh, and I, I think that that's also something that can come with age, you know, so I think it is it is something to do with like general quality. But I, I think this team will get more clinical and oh, it, it will yeah, come I'm, from I'm, the pain of like of knowing that this opportunity was right there for them to. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And I do think that comes with age. I don't blame these players for that. I think you just were able to see it, you know, loud, loud and clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would like to just go to sleep tonight and wake up in three and a half years uh, when the U.S. is getting ready to take on uh, Turks and Caicos in the first round um, of the World Cups. It, it's going to be if, if, it, if the current trajectory continues, that team is going to be spicy as fuck yeah. and will be at home for every single match. And we've always seen the U.S. team overperform at home in competitive tournaments. So, oh, God. We're going to win the whole thing. Chills. I think that what I'm really looking forward to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to virtually everything about that experience. But um, one thing I'm that's been on my mind after watching this game is that will be the first World Cup in which there are genuine expectations and genuine pressure. There's genuine pressure on the U.S. team. It will not be get out of the group, first of all, because the group's going to be three teams and one of them will be Turks and Caicos or whatever. It'll be the, that the U.S. team will be at a talent level where we should be expected to go pretty far and we will be at home. And that's worth an extra, you know, round win. So I think pre preliminary expectations i would set would be semis for the u.s team in that tournament and i think if the u.s team were to fail to make it to the semis i think we would look at the this whole decades-long process leading up to that like between the 94 world cup and this world cup as uh lacking some some aspect of this, of the, the progress stakes that we is high. It's incredible how quickly the the final whistle blows and the conversation turns to who's going to coach this team in 2026. So Ty, let's let's get your uh, yeah baby. Let's let's get some opinions <laughs> on record now. Who is who is going to coach this team in 2026, or who who would you like to see? My most important point here is I believe no coach should ever have more than one cycle. I think it's very hard for a coach to actually build on a successful cycle just due to the nature of national teams, how you don't have the teams regularly. I think it's really useful and important to keep the players you know, focus, attention, and growth happening to be switching things up. I don't want to see switching be within a cycle. So I think you hire a coach now who's intended to go through 26. Uh, but I would like them to change the coach. And it's not just because of frustrations I have with Greg. It's a general principle that I also said after the 2014 World Cup when the U.S. retained Klinsman. And, I, and clearly that was an error. 
So we are we're in agreement that we want a different coach. I'm with you on that. It cannot be Greggy B for the 2026 USA World Cup. Absolutely not. Can't be. Kwame, who watched this this game with us, made the nice point that we are entering a different stratosphere and that the candidates for coach of this national team are going to be of a different caliber than we've ever had in the past. Um, or, you know, already names like, uh, what's the ex-Everton Belgium manager? Roberto Martinez. Roberto Martinez has come up in the past. Bielsa has been whispered in the past. Uh, but names like that are going to really start to become a reality uh, in terms of their interest in coaching a side like this for uh, to be at home in a World Cup. Meanwhile, we have Jesse Marsh, who's been being groomed for this position, it seems like, um, you know, for decades. And an angry Tab Ramos in the background. Um, you you want to take an early pick here, Ty? It's tricky because... I never would have hired Greg, you know, not knowing all the factors. I would have hired Ramos, most likely. I think he did a really good job with that U20 team, kind of culminating in that really successful World Cup, with which featured a lot of these players. So I feel like he's the the clear choice to me. I understand he was not even interviewed uh, for this US M&T job, though that was under a prior... Uh, president, so maybe maybe there will be a difference with uh, Cindy Parlo Cohn in charge. Um, as far as like the outside candidates, I would love to look at somebody like Roberto Martinez, someone with pretty broad experience who's had some success. Obviously, this was a disappointing World Cup for Belgium, but if you look at how the Belgium games um, shook out, I think you know they did get kind of outfoxed against Morocco, but maybe a little unlucky. And then this, the loss that they had to Croatia at the end was unfathomably bad finishing. I mean, how many chances can Lukaku get in the last 20 minutes to just find one goal? So I felt like it was uh, not necessarily his fault that they went out. And he has done an okay job overall. Um, you know, I think they they've, they've did better than they have in World Cups ever. They never quite hit the heights that they could have potentially with their talent, but but pretty good. So he's had that experience of like taking a golden generation and getting something out of it. Um, and obviously the top level club experience. And then I would love to think about Bielsa. I just don't think, I just, I feel like he's like better in theory, you know? He's better and, in theory. And I agree with that. I don't, I actually, at this point, wouldn't want to see Bielsa. I, yeah. I want to, I would love I think him as a be... consultant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we'd love to have you in the conversation. Uh, Jesse yeah. Marsh, man. Jesse Marsh. I think it should be Jesse. Yeah, Marsh. I love the Jesse Marsh thing, but I, I, and I think he would, he's probably the best human being to coach this national team. But um, the problem is, I think he's also so helpful for American soccer doing what he's doing. I think he should continue to coach at Leeds for another two years. Let's get Dave Saracon in. Greg, you go take a nap, buddy. Uh, let's get Dave Saracon in for for about one and a half to two years. Let's go two years. Give Jesse Marsh a full three seasons, successful seasons at Leeds, and then bring him on over for the uh, run-up to the World Cup. I think that's a brilliant idea. And I, I, I was also going to say, I felt like... You got to give Dave Saruman some credit 
for this team because he took <laughs> he took the you, team. He had, you he had do. A year, we laugh right? about it. We we you think we're joking? He did a great job, Edin Terzic of the USMNT. Yes, he's the Edin Terzic <laughs> of the Nats. Yeah, yeah. He uh, I don't his results were all right. The performances were dicey, Didn't but he, he get was us also the win coaching over a team Netherlands? of like. Oh, I think he got us that win with Bobby Ood. No, no, that was that oh, was, was that Clinsey win, I think. Yeah, all right, yeah. All right, all right. But uh, yeah, he he uh, coached the one-one draw, the fidget spinner draw, I believe, with yeah, France, yeah. <laughs> uh, among other highlights. Three-nil <laughs> uh, win over Bolivia that I attended, or Timo scored his first. Um, yeah, I think he did a solid job, and I, I I love that he would just come in. He'd probably take like uh, you know I don't know fifty bucks a week. We could send him and give the rest to charity or something. He'd take the job for free. He probably he would. Lo- he loves he this probably shit. would. All right, Ty. <laughs> it's uh it's a sad time to be a US fan. It's time for us to kind of lick our wounds, uh, take it easy, take it take a day or two off from the World Cup and then stop being a sore loser and enjoy the event. Uh, yeah, I is. I have a a tradition that the day after the US gets knocked out, I'm like, fuck this. Like I don't wanna I don't even care. I'm not watching anymore. I'm done. And then by day two, after we're out, I'm back. Right back. In, yes. Right back. Yes. It's, we it's all about find to happen because our... Japan and Korea play on the same day tomorrow. Oh my god! It's so exciting, <laughs> dude. So that Japan has every chance. <laughs> Japan has every oh. chance. By the time you're listening to this, you you may in fact already know what happened yeah. in that game. But oh, you know. Let this be a time capsule. Result yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Let's you know, um, we'll get back together after the, the tournament's over and with a little bit more distance and, and kind of reminisce. But Ty, who do you want to give some some flowers to as the curtain closes? I will always think. When I think about this tournament, I will always think about Tyler Adams. Yeah. Made a mistake, didn't have his best game in this knockout round, which sucks. I learned from that. But I think he was one of the best midfielders in the group stage I saw. Would have made any team in the tournament. Is so purely American in his attitude, his vibes, the haircut. (laughs) His answer to the iranian uh propaganda press yes yes the fact that he can handle these teams on the field and then come off the field and handle the press in such an elegant mature fashion he's the perfect captain for this national team he's an absolute u.s legend and i'm very grateful i'm very very grateful for him because i know like if I if I go out and run two miles in the morning, me, me tired. And he goes and runs like twelve miles every time. Yeah, man. it's insane. We must protect Lil B and Tyler Adams. You can't replace this M- man. MVP of the team, right? MVP of the team. You cannot replace this man. He is he is the heartbeat. Um, but I, I also want to split a bouquet of flowers in half 
give part of it to Tim Weah, who, of course... No, wait, first I'm going to give it to, to Christian Pulisic. I'm going to give half of it to Christian Pulisic, of course, for busting his ball sack open. America's most important pelvis, as Kwame said. Who came back, <laughs> who had every chance, and who's going to take this experience oh and continue to grow and become stronger and better. And he really did show up well on the field in this tournament. Thank you, Pulisic. But then another bouquet to Tim Weah, who's a fucking superstar now. He's this guy, maybe not a superstar, but he really, uh, I think, changed the perception of American Tim Weah in the world. He changed Both the way people see American Tim Weah. Tim Weahs, yeah. American <laughs> princes. He, what has really done it from him is the style, the the grace, elegance, his touches, his foot waggles, <laughs> his finishes. Some legal, some illegal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tim. Tim is. He's so saucy. He's so saucy, and I don't know that anybody thought he was going to be as meaningful as he was like you know he was the guy that that we needed no he was i mean we were going into this tournament thinking it was aronson starting way on the bench uh i do wish aronson had found some more minutes instead of like jordan morris getting minutes and jesus Ferreira getting minutes and other obvious bullshit <laughs> but um but fine if you know timo timo getting 300 and 20 minutes or something is incredible and and good for him how many times must that guy over the past couple of years have been like so down in the dumps so frustrated about all these injuries career setbacks you know on the bench at psg he found a way within this cycle to become a national team lock become a world cup starter for four games to win the french league with lille and I, you know, the best is yet to come. He's, he's still, still just growing, still developing. So I, I'm so impressed with him and I can't wait to vote for him for Potentate. <laughs> okay. All right. All righty. I love, um, yes. Hold, hold on, hold on. I got a couple of quick things. So quick shout out, Tim Ream. Quick shout out, Maddie Two, Two Hands Turner. Um, Tim Ream, great job. Thanks, buddy. He really, really did do a great you job. You really answered the fucking bat signal there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, never been so happy to be wrong about wow. anyone. Tim Ream, you really did it. You fucking um, did it. And then the other thing I want to mention is this. I don't know how you, what your experience was, but my experience is that this game was the pivot where everyone started texting me. Yeah. Yeah, I had that too. Uh, you know, I'm I'm known in my life as a U.S. soccer fan. And, um, you know, many people reached out or discussed this tournament with me going in. But I had, and I, I started to get a really fun text chain going with, with some of my buddies, uh, including the legendary legendary Alex Burwasser, Grasshopper. It's a boy. Excellent soccer fan who, um, and it, it, it just kind of, it was like a barometer to me for, the resonance that the team was getting in the culture, you know, that at first it's a couple friends and then it's a couple more. And then for this Netherlands game, I feel like everybody was talking about it. Everyone was talking about their plans to watch it. 
you know, going into the weekend, all my work calls were talking about it. And it did feel like this team made a mark on the American sports landscape. And I wish that they had been able to do more, uh, but I'll take it. I'll take it that it feels like this team mattered, that the World Cup really happened here, that I saw it on the streets of New York City. I saw it out in New Jersey. Um, I saw it all over the internet. This this team really did something special and will be remembered fondly. And that's that means a lot to me because I know how hard that they worked for this. Agreed 100%. I love a glue stick. Non-toxic, so they say. But uh, that's hard to believe, huh? <laughs> uh, I love... I love tape. There's <laughs> only scary. one way to find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love tape, duct tape, packing tape, tiny tape, double-sided tape. All very good. And I love scissors, skizzers. You know what I mean? Tiny scissors, big scissors, left-handed scissors. But I don't love any of these arts and crafts things as much as I absolutely love the Nats. Let's go, boys. Let's fucking go, boys. Three and a half years. It'll be here before you know it. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps.